We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now this the black sheep sticking it to him. I need a crib like I'm Gatsby. I need it in hand. Just understand my pockets that deep. With nothing to prove, I ain't got nothing to do. And it can't compete, and I got nothing to lose. Today's show is sponsored by Blue Chew. Let's talk about sex. Guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, Levitra, but in chewable tablets at a fraction of the cost. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of our licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online. So no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in a line at a pharmacy. Blue Chew tablets are made in the U.S. and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet package. Blue Chew wants to help you have better sex. So do we. So discover your options at BlueChew.com. Chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when using the promo code VM at checkout. Just pay $5 for shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code VM, to receive your free first month. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and, importantly, safety information and other important things before you press submit on your order. Thank you, BlueChew, for sponsoring the podcast. And as always, everybody, congrats on the sex, and let's play the theme music. Yeah, 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 now this the black sheep sticking it to him, I need a crib like I'm Gatsby, I need it in hand, just understand my pockets that deep, with nothing to prove, I ain't got nothing to do, and it can't compete, and I got nothing to lose, you see told me I'm the one that's gonna Ah, yes, what's good everybody, welcome back to Veterans Minimum, sorry for the late start, sorry for the technical difficulties. I am your host, Nick Dayas, at Nick Dayas, 10 as you can find me. All things Veterans Minimum are at Veterans Minimum. The man to my left in the flying Hawaiian shirt, 
I'm just relaxed today, man. You know I'm always dressed for vacation. Yeah. Have I, I told you that? Yeah, you have. I have like fun. that. It's just I'm preparing for in my 50s. It's not a shock, you know? Bro, like, you're like 26. I know. Well, but if you live like a 50-year-old rich white guy, like, okay, you generally just have happier days. I feel that. You always feel like you're on Hawaii. Like, it's it's a good day, Nick. It's a good day. Uh, I I get a chance to meet your friend Kenny here soon. That's that's cool. I've never had a chance. To... That's my dog, bro. KBB. Yeah. KBB. Kenny bets big is joining the show as he did last year on Mondays. Kenny is a professional sports better, a good friend of mine, one of the only people, dude, I consult with. Mm. You know how I am. I'm yeah, a, I'm yeah, a little you're... stubborn. I'm a little stubborn. I don't yeah. like listening to anybody when it comes to my picks. Like. You know, live and die by the shield, right? Right. And uh, when it when it comes to sports betting, I I chop it up with Kenny. And uh, I feel you. We all have to have that one outlet. You know. Yeah. I mean, you can either be listening to a thousand different people telling you like a whole bunch of different things. You got that one trusted friend. And Kenny bets big. I'm assuming he doesn't like f around here. We're talking like like racks. He's putting on games. Let's bring him in. <laughs> Let's bring him in. My I dog. need to know how big it is. Kenny bets That's big. That's what she said. How's that intro, bro? Can't hear Kenny. Might need to toggle that audio on the on the video. We're good, Kenny. Kenny, are you muted? Nope, can't hear you, bro. Mr. Kenny. That that is a set behind Kenny yeah. of a big better right there. What are we looking at? Uh is that Tatis? Yeah, Fernando Tatis. Tatis. Uh Kenny, leave the call and then come back in. All right. All right. Mr. Kenny. So I do want to preface by saying uh Kenny and I are doing the circa millions together. It's the first time that we're entering. You guys did a good job of picking the circa millions and not their survivor. Yeah, you did the survivor, right? Yes, yes. You get to play next week. Congratulations. Yeah, you, you're alive. You're guaranteed <clears throat> to play. You're guaranteed to play for all 18 weeks. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I wish, I wish I would have been like that cognizant to be like, that's good. That's good to be in. But no, I wanted to be survive, like drive to survive. There was recording in here beforehand. I wanted to do that, and uh, you know. I chose the opposite. I got the Seahawks, and we'll touch on that later. Yeah, we will. I that's, think that's disgrace. I think we got Kenny back. Kenny, are you there? Can you hear me? Let's go. We can hear Kenny. Let's get Kenny up on that screen. Hey, let's go. See that crazy son of a bitch? There he is. What up, baby? It's been a while, <laughs> man. Boys. It has. It's been a while, dude, since we've had one of these conversations. Yeah, it's it's been a minute. I think. Um, I don't know. What, what it was probably like right around when right around the Super Bowl, right? Dude, has it been since then? You, we didn't do anything in the off season together. I don't think so. I, I know you. I know we tried a few times, just just like we tried to connect, you know. And uh, you stood me up twice, but uh, we'll, we'll put that. That's we'll put that. In. He does that to you too. Ah, uh, cool. here we go. Here yeah, we go. He, he's he's flaky, you know. You see him on Instagram. He's talking about he's he's down for the boys, and he fl he flakes, man. Nick Nick D over there. Yo, listen, man. Today, I, I am going. I am going pretty viral nowadays. I mean, not nowadays. Today, Kenny. I don't know if you've been on social media, but ESPN gave me a shout out. Bleacher Report gave me a shout out. 
I'm really feeling myself today, bro. My head is getting even bigger than it is, you know, pause, but it's, uh, it's, I'm having a day, bro. As you should though, you know, live it up. You're, you know, out of our contest picks, you're the, you're the only one that got one right yesterday. <laughs> Unfortunately, man, let, let's get right into that. Uh, Kenny and I are splitting a circle millions together. Cause uh, Kenny, I don't know if you caught that intro, bro, but I do. I'm pretty stubborn when it comes to sports betting, which I'm sure you are also. Uh, I pride myself on really knowing what I'm talking about, really understanding the things that I do bet on. I don't bet on a lot of things. I kind of stick to my three, four sports. And I feel like I've done pretty well for myself. And I've been able to build this cool platform talking about sports betting and then partnering up with you and getting to know you over the last year or so and coming on the show and uh, just being able to pick your brain as someone that does it professionally. You're the only other person that I actually consult with, you know, or, or if, and that's why I wanted to do the circle millions with you because we always saw picks eye to eye and it was, you know, all right, look, we went one and four shit happens. Right. But it was really easy for us to pick the games together. Like as far as, Dude, I've split contests in the past, and it's a fucking nightmare, bro. Nah, I want this one. Nah, I want this one. Kenny and I were like, yo, what are your two? These are my two. We liked, we liked each other's pairs, and then we agreed on one. Was it reasonable losses that you guys had, or was it like... <laughs> See, that's... I mean, okay, that's, that's the part that I need to understand here. Well, well for, for the... All right, so the Chargers were, were covering and winning, right? They, mm -hmm. If they stopped that drive, that's a, that's a win. Correct. The Pats, we had Pats plus four. That's they a tough one to two witness. Point conversion, but there's a penalty. So if if they actually get the two point conversion, that's a win. Mm -hmm. So we lose that one. Uh, Steelers was it was a was never in. That was a Nick <laughs> Day special. Text, yeah, at, at halftime we're texting each other like, all right, we got a score, maybe we got a chance here, but no, they mm -hmm. they never had a chance. Mm -mm. And uh, the worst one was the Giants. The yeah, that might have been the worst loss I've ever seen a team suffer in in sport and, and all the sports that i've watched and bet on that was <laughs> they never they were never in the game can you imagine if that happened on monday night football like it was already bad enough that it was sunday night football but then to be on 9 11 and to have that happen uh, that would have been like woof dude kenny i don't know how Knock you feel they're down i don't know how you feel about this bro but i love being that wrong bro <laughs> Like, put me out my misery, dude. Don't don't have it, like, don't have what happened with the Pats where, where you know, it's an unfortunate call, but I'd rather just not, I'd rather just by first quarter just know, all right, we're burning this ticket. Like, forget it. And that's how two of our picks went. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, you're right, because I sent you over the weekend, I also had Texas Tech. Uh, plus six and a half against Oregon. And I don't know, Nick, I know I sent you the clip. I don't know if, uh, what, what's your boy's name here again? George. George, what's up, buddy? George, what's going on? KBB. George, nice to meet you. Man. I didn't have the audio when we got introduced before. Oh, um, no, yeah, yeah. I was just complimenting you being a big better. I wanted to see I how, know, I, how I, big I, you do bet. Uh, is it racks? Are we talking? No, yeah. Usually, you know, anywhere from like 2,500 to upwards to around like 10. So, Oh yeah. Uh, if I'm very confident oh, yeah. in something. Oh yeah, Kenny bets big. That's that's a good nickname. Yeah. That's a good nickname. Yeah, you, you know you know what's funny though? Um 
over the years, you know, you have so many of these uh, sports betting accounts where they Photoshop tickets and stuff that there are people that actually delusionally will will shoot me dm saying that that i bet small amounts of money and just talk shit which which i still find funny but you know that's the that's the sensation of the internet and social media right oh yeah no that's how you know you're doing it right that's that's a good sign dude keep doing you i mean i hopefully you didn't put all five bets down from this past week from the circa circa millions i would have been i would have been a negative week no yeah well yes i went big on the giants so last last week was a bad week but hey, that happens, you know, like, like I tell Nick all the time, you're never going to win them all. And that's, I think that's why Nick and I get along so well, because Nick is, is someone who's in the sports betting community who tells it like it is, keeps it real, right? When he loses, has a bad day, he's on social media talking about, hey, he got kicked in the nuts, had a bad day. Uh, when he has a good day, you see him on there talking about he had a good day. So you got to respect that. It's, it's the transparency that is, you don't see much of in the sports betting community, not yet at least. Some big time sports bettors go to a strip club after winning. Nick jumps in a pool with his clothes on. Like that's <laughs> that's the kind of guy he is. Listen, man. That's respectable. It makes a hell of an intro video. It does. Yeah. That was a great intro package, bro. Shout yes. out to Austin for making that one. We do when we hit subathon. Yo, Kenny, I want to ask you something before we really uh do a little recap of the how we came about the five picks. And we'll do this every Monday. Um, kind of just Talking about the five selections that we put into the circuit contest, what went right, what went wrong, and then we'll do a we'll give out a Monday winner, bro. That kind of I was telling George about Monday winners, dude. Uh, la last last year when Kenny first came on the show, him and I were talking, and Kenny was like, "Yo, I really like." I forgot what team it was. It might have been like he's like, "Yo, I want to bet, I want to bet the Colts right now. They're like plus seven or some shit," and it was on Monday, and then. That ends up hitting. And then the next week he comes on, he gives out another Monday. I give a Monday. Those two hit. And then someone in the Discord was like, yo, you guys are like 10-0-2. Wow. You guys are giving out Monday. And I was like, yo, Monday winners. So it kind of became like a little thing that we were going about. Because I found one after you guys are discussing yours. I think I have one. Like, after you told me that, I'm like, there's a line here. Yeah. There's a, there's interest in lines. So you guys are on to something. I'm excited to hear what Kenny has. We'll get, we'll get to that in a sec. But, Kenny, let's go backwards a little bit, man. Um, you were talking about transparency and it's crazy because in another contest that I am on my own, I went three and two, but my favorite bet of the week is the one that lost. And there are certain scenarios in the past where like, I'll go, I'll go one and four, but I hit on my favorite bet. And I'm so confident that I'm putting like more money on it, right? Like mm. four or five units or whatever it might be. And then it kind of, I'm still profitable that week. But, Kenny, I shot so many videos about the Steelers, bro. I was hyping <laughs> up the Steelers for weeks. I put them in contests. I did a last man standing out here in Vegas where you kind of you get five entries and, you know, survive in advance, and last man standing wins quarter of a million dollars. I put three tickets on the Steelers, had Steelers betting on the side, Steelers in the contest. And uh, Kenny and I, after, like, the first quarter, were like, yeah, it might be a problem, bro. Did you get worried about how many people were hyping up the Steelers plus two and a half? I feel like at first I thought it would be it would be super square to be on the Niners, but then so many people were hyping up the Steelers, bro. It got it got out of hand. No, of course. I we literally on Saturday when we talked before we locked in the bets, um, 
Remember I said, I, it's weird because I thought the Steelers were going to be a sharp pick, but when I got the number sent to me, there was a lot more bets on the Steelers. So I remember I even told you yesterday, I was like, fuck, man, I, I really like the Steelers, as did you. That was one of the ones we both felt really good about. And when I saw the numbers, there was way more bets and money on the Steelers. So it uh, it, it kind of actually scared me off of the game. So I remember I told you I, I'm not actually going to bet the Steelers. I just took them first half, which that was <laughs> that, that was a blowout, too. So didn't matter there. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I was shocked by that. Um, you know, same thing with the, with the Sunday night game. I did think more people would be betting the Cowboys. Uh, there was actually a lot of bets on the Giants, but I still felt really good about the Giants in that spot. Um just did not play out. That was one of, I think there was actually a stat I saw. It was one of the, literally the first time, let me pull up while you guys talk, I'll pull it up. It was pretty crazy. Actually. It's never been done in, let's see, where is this thing? Never been done in MetLife. Yeah. Well, when, was when it? that's, when you're on the wrong side of one of those, that's when you know it's bad. Yeah. Oh dude. It's the biggest, right, win. it's the biggest win the Cowboys have ever had. Yeah, so no team has ever lost a game by 40 or more points, lost the sack battle seven to nothing or worse, lost the turnover turnover battle three to nothing or worse, had a blocked field goal return for a touchdown, and thrown a pick six in the same season. No team has done that over the course of a season. Holy the Giants shit. did it in one all of those in one game last night. And that's the first time that's ever been done in a season. And the Giants somehow managed to do that in one game. Uh, to to highlight just how bad the, the Giants were last night, bro. I talk about but you the, knew it. Nick. You you told me you told you told me that you yeah. that was a you didn't really like that pick when I made it. Yo, so here's the thing, right? And I was talking to Jeremiah about this because he's in the sports betting space too. And uh, I was talking to him, and I was like, bro, we gotta start handicapping Kenny when someone is just the daddy to the other team, like. Sean McVay is like nine and two against the number against Pete Carroll in his career. Just own Seattle. Even when Seattle had the LOB, it'd still be like yeah. the Rams were winning three games and they would like sweep the Seahawks or some shit. And you're like, what the hell? How's that happen? Dak Prescott hasn't lost to the Cowboys, uh, hasn't lost to the Giants since his rookie year. That's insane. I went to the last game the Giants beat the Cowboys in 2016. That's, went, it was a Sunday night football game. And it was went, a glorious night. I went with a couple of my buddies. That's the last time the Giants beat Dak Prescott. Now, the Giants did beat the Cowboys a couple of years ago, but it was like Andy Dalton was in. Like, that game didn't matter. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, Dak was hurt. But, <laughs> dude, we need to start handicapping the fact that the Cowboys just always smoke the Giants. And I don't care what the number is. We need to come up with our own handicap, Kenny, and be like, yo, bro, listen. The Packers are just always going to beat the Bears, apparently. The Giants are always going to lose to Dak and the Cowboys, and McVay is just always going to beat the shit out of the Seahawks, no matter how bad. Cooper Cup wasn't even playing, bro. Like, that was crazy that my guy George over here was on the Seahawks in his eliminator pool. Sorry, I know it's a it was the Sunday. worst. It was the worst Monday of, or the worst first week of betting I've ever had. And I mean, like, I mean, I was getting money from Bill Krakenberg. He, like, you know, he went halvesies with me. That's the worst part, dude. He went halves. He didn't even care about the pick. I tell him Seahawks. He's like, all right, I like it. It was, it was the hardest game to watch for me this weekend. I was so depressed. And I'm a Saints fan. I'm sitting in my Saints jersey. We squeak one out. I'm, I'm having a good time. And then I sit and I watch the most undisciplined NFL team I've ever seen. It's crazy. Like Pete Carroll, the older he gets, 
the more he just lets the players do whatever the fuck they want. It's it's absurd. But at least it wasn't as bad as like. Do you think the Giants should get fined as an organization for the performance they put on? Like, <laughs> they should not be allowed any more primetime football games rem- remainder of this year. No, they shouldn't be. I was talking about this show when the schedule came out, Kenny, and I even told Kenny this too. I was like, bro, not only are they playing the Cowboys that they can't beat, Daniel Jones is one and eleven on prime time. And I hate, bro, I hate oh, when the Giants it's here. I hate when the Giants play primetime games because my phone blows up. All the homies back home, uh, fans of the show are like, yo, you good? Can we check in on on Nick Dayus? Is he all right? Like, what's going on? And it's miserable, bro. It's not fun. Remember last year, Kenny, to start the year, the Broncos played like four straight primetime games. And it was just terrible football. Like, it's not even, it's not fun football, man. And and I get the whole big market stuff, but that was one of my big complaints, dude. I just, I just hate when they play on primetime. But Kenny, I know we kind of went off on a little tangent over here, but how do you feel about that, man? Like, is that something that moving forward, we should, we should try to negotiate into the line about like, bro, this team just, you know, like Shanahan just owns McVay, right? Like those kind of scenarios. Does that ever happen when you're betting? No, of course. You know, um, in basketball, the like the Bucks, they own the Bulls uh, with Giannis. But yeah, yeah of, co- of course, I, I definitely think that's something we should be cognizant of going forward, right? Like maybe if it's a game we like, just let's just uh, agree to stay off of it uh, altogether at that point. Um, and, and you know, it sucks because we we changed the the Packers for the Chargers. Uh, we talked about the Bucks, right? Like the games we were talking about, they they uh, they were winners. So we we just picked the wrong games that we that we liked, uh, unfortunately. And you know, there's going to be weeks where that happens. You know, that's why that's why the best bet sports betters in the world win 60, 65 percent of their bets, and that's a really good year um, because no no one gets them all right. <clears throat> yeah, I I told Kenny that we got to name one of the picks, uh, Ursalita. Ursulita, a pick itself? Yeah. Why? So so in, in uh twenty twenty one, I think the name Ursula was named the ugliest name in the world. I, I would agree with that. And uh my one of my dream girls of the many that I have. Yeah. Because I'm still a, a free agent. I would love to be tied down. But uh Ursula Cordero, shout out to the last name for my boy. Mm. Uh she played one of the main characters in my favorite show of all time, Money Heist. She played Tokyo. Okay. Spanish trick. Immediately, you know how I am, George. Yeah, you went to Colombia for an entire week. Yeah. We'll save that for a Patreon exclusive as to what <laughs> went down. But her name is Ursula. And I was telling Kenny, I was like, bro, one of the picks every week, that'll be the Ursula play of the week. It's going to be gross. It's going to be nasty. It's going to be ugly. But it's going to come through. And my Ursula pick were the, the Cardinals plus seven, the Bucks plus six. Everyone I was telling was like, Oh, bro, they're going to win by three touchdowns. Right. And, and Kenny, I take a lot of pride in sometimes, like, even though I didn't bet it, I got a couple of tweets saying, dude, you talked me off Minnesota. You talked me off Seattle. You talk, sorry, not George. Yeah, but, no, definitely not me. But I take, <laughs> I, missed that phone I take some pride in that sometimes because the way I want to, you know, the makeup of the show is also, man, sometimes the best bet is the one you don't make. Mm-hmm. And I kept telling people like, yo, that Cardinals plus seven, it's just a weird game, bro. It's a weird line. I think they might lose outright. It was the same thing I was saying about Tampa Bay. I felt like Tampa Bay could win that game outright. And my hot take for week one coming in was, I think either Tampa Bay or the Cardinals win outright. One did, one didn't. Both covered. Yeah. 
but they were so gross, Kenny, to put them into the contest, bro. It was like, oh, because it could have went the other way too, right? And I know a lot of games could go the other way, but it could have been, it could have been a, a Cowboys-Giants performance for Minnesota. Yeah. And then we're saying to ourselves, like, man, dude, that was a, that was a gimme. So, Kenny, I feel a little, I, I take some pride in that sometimes in the bets I don't make, bro. You have to. Sometimes you got to find, uh, you know, pos the positive and the negatives, especially in in gambling, because, like I said, you're gonna you're gonna lose a lot. And if you you get caught up in the you know a negative mindset and you start chasing, making bad bets, then you have no chance. So yeah, sometimes you just got to find the positive in in a shitty situation and and just keep the keep keep it moving. You know, um, I, I have no doubt in my mind that we'll we'll rebound this week going forward and uh, hit hit some winners. Our only winner was the Cleveland Browns and uh, go Brownies. That one, the little it, elves. It was cool that that one, bro. All the games that we picked, Kenny, with the exception of the Chargers, I feel like we had either the winner or the loser by the first quarter. And the Browns, like after the first quarter, I was like, "There's no way Cincinnati's gonna like blow them. Like it's gonna be a three a three point. It could game be a last possession type of game. Yeah, and I just felt really good about that one. And that was that was our one selection that 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 hit. But man, it's just it was it was weird with week one. Kenny, I got a take I want to ask you, man. That's kind of gonna tie into this whole episode with like the hot takes and the overreactions. And I would love to get your thoughts on this one. Dude, I feel like week one, especially in the first halves, bro, was some of the worst football collectively that I've seen in a very long time. And I think a lot of that has to do with we we shit on preseason not mattering. And it does and doesn't to a certain extent. Yeah. But then you have week one performances like you saw yesterday with some players and some teams where some of the quarterbacks just looked so out of rhythm. Yeah. And it just looked like they were treating week one first half as a preseason game. The Chargers missed so many tackles. And they was just big play central for the Dolphins. Like that's a, I always see it in the missed tackles aspect and you see a lot more like 60 yard touchdowns and 40 yard completions. Like that's what week one is filled with. So I see it. I see it though. What about you, Kenny? No, yeah, I think that's spot on. And you, like, look at baseball, right? Like what was it uh, last season where they didn't, where the season was cut short and they didn't have like the, the spring training. It took a while for those guys to, to really like the pitchers to really start hitting their groove. Um, so yeah, I think not having the preseason for sure, because you know, whether, whether we say it or not, those games, it starts getting you ready to get hit. It gets you ready for game speed, uh, contact football. You know, you, you, you practice, like they always say, I don't know if you, if you guys have ever played football, I played football when I was like a little kid, there's nothing that prepares you for like getting tackled and hit other than just going out there and doing it. Um, so yeah, yeah, I feel like not having the preseason games or putting as much emphasis, especially like some star players we see, they really don't even show up to camp anymore. Some, some of these guys are so catered to that. Uh, it has to, has to play an effect on that. Like seeing the Jets uh, in that last preseason game and seeing Rodgers lead them down for a touchdown, that does numbers for like how your offense feels, what like what they can do week one. And a lot of teams just avoided doing that. Like I don't think Derek Carr took a snap uh, in the preseason. That's that's scary. Uh, Joe Burrow, obviously, like that's that's a bad look for them. So, I mean, bro, that's that's what en ends up happening. You mm -hmm. get some of these performances and. And look, on the flip side, you look at a team like Pittsburgh that was lighting it up in the preseason, and then they go out there 
and now they're playing arguably the best defense in the league. And you're like, yeah, there's some levels to this. Yeah. And then that's what you saw happen there where that was another one, man. Like some of the play calling in that one from uh, the offensive coordinator, Canada was just like, why are you running it on second and 11? And then you got Kenny third and 12 and you're like, oh, yeah, no shit. Yeah. Well, their offense had no continuity. Yeah. It was just, it was just out of control, man. But I'm excited to move forward. Kenny, I want to uh, bring up. I also think uh, that's something we got to remember for next year, right? Maybe just uh, really pay attention to the preseason and take that angle and take, and, you know, maybe apply it to handicapping week one, you know, which teams are kind of resting players, which quarterbacks haven't taken snaps. Like, you know, we kind of saw, saw it yesterday. The court, like he just said, you know, the quarterbacks who didn't really play in the, in, in the preseason were, were pretty bad yesterday. Like I was getting chirped. Uh, I, I posted a video for saying Daniel Jones is a better quarterback than Dak Prescott. And so many people were like, dude, you sound like you look like such an idiot. Uh, Dak didn't look good yesterday. He looked pretty fucking bad, too. So I think what he have 149 yards or something like that. So, um, yeah, there, there was a lot of guys that that didn't look as good as we're used to seeing them. I have faith. We're going to bounce back, bro. We're going to bounce back. And now we have uh, now we have Monday winners that we could bring up. And this segment is brought to you by Wager Attack. Are you ready to take your sports betting game to the next level? Look no further than Wager Attack, the ultimate online sports book for the true sports enthusiasts with a range of sports, live betting options, competitive odds, and a live casino. Wager Attack is where winners play, and Wager Attack is rocking with us throughout the entire NFL season, and they are the official odds provider for Veterans Minimum. And uh, my guy Kenny had a lot to do with that, man. I want to publicly thank you for that, making that connect and having that for us. Kick us off, bro, with a Monday winner, man. Let's get, let's get hot. Let's start crushing these Monday winners. Jeez, I, yo, is it just me or does this week two slate just look absolutely beautiful? There's so many games where I'm looking at just like, dude, that's a good game. That's a good game. That's a good game. Um, one angle I really like to take uh, and use, especially in football, um, is I like to fade teams that are coming off of like a 17 plus point win. And I like to bet on teams the following week who are coming off of a 17 plus point loss. Uh, just public perception, right? Like this week, all we're going to hear is how bad the Giants are, how bad they look, da 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 And it's possible they just came out and had a bad game. So, like, the Giants look like a nice bet. Obviously, they get they get an easy game against the Cardinals there. I, I like the Steelers, and I, I love the Patriots at home on Sunday Night Football. I think both of those two, I think, you know, I think we might have to run the run back some of the picks we, we lost on uh, last week, Nick. Bro, you mentioned Pittsburgh. I'm going back to the wall, bro. That was the one. Pittsburgh, <laughs> we Pittsburgh, got to, right? Dude, Pittsburgh, again, a home dog Monday night football. They're doing the double. They're bringing back the double Monday, Monday night, night games. Last year, they did it also on week two. It used to be something where they would play it on, week in one. week one. Yeah. But then they moved it to week two. Whatever. We get the double. But Pittsburgh is a two-point underdog at home against the Cleveland Browns. Uh Again, a home division dog, Monday Night Football. Cleveland is feeling really, really good about themselves, and it ties into what Kenny was saying. They won by three possessions. Pittsburgh just laid a massive egg. And, like, yo, also, Pittsburgh getting blown out sucks, but also not terrible because you lost to a team that I think we could fast forward to February is probably in the Super Bowl unless guys get hurt. For sure. Like, that's what San Francisco should have done. 
And that was the one that jumped out to me, man. Plus two Pittsburgh at home as a Monday winner. And then the other one that I had Kenny also. And, uh, I, I think it's one that kind of was a little crazy to me and it, it set up perfectly because all I heard was about how great the lions win was. Yeah. Right. And I was praying, dude, when I looked at the schedule, I'm like, who do they play week two? And is there any possibility that team could lose in week one? And that's exactly what happened. Seattle is plus six on the road in Detroit. I love it. I absolutely love it. Look, yeah. the Kansas City Chiefs, they lost the home opener. We get it. They also lost because their two best players, other than the quarterback, were not playing. And guess what? They're probably the two best players in their position in the league also. A hundred percent. And those are absolute game records. Like, we talk about and this. let's not... I was going to say, let's not forget, too, Tony, if he makes those catches, it's you over. Know, the yeah. Chiefs are winning that game. Kind of. yeah. <laughs> it's a totally different game. Right. So if Darius Tony makes a catch that all three of us, I'm fairly confident, could have made, uh, the Chiefs are winning that game. So yeah, and I, then I we like feel, that spot. And then we feel even, even better about that. And then you get the Seahawks that lose to the Rams. Popular. I know, bro, I'm not doing this on purpose. No, I, I know. I know. Trust me. But you have to understand how sore that feels. Yeah. Like, my fucking heart hurts. That's the biggest loss I've ever had in my entire life. Damn. Damn. We're going to bounce back, bro. DK Metcalf is going to go ape shit on that Lions defense. Yeah. He, I mean, the Lions played a comically bad zone defense on Thursday Night Football. I could not believe that that was their game plan against Patrick Mahomes. But I think part of me thinks that the Lions game planned all week for travis kelsey being in and then when he didn't play like they kind of had to scrap yeah months worth of work yeah so to me that was the one that i saw and i was like look what's the public perception what's the narrative ah oh, seattle ain't shit they lost to the rams they had nobody rams are tanking for caleb williams and then you had the lions win on thursday night football but i think it was more of a chief's loss and it was a lions win yep because like golf didn't look all that hot also so to me, that was one right away. I was like, yo, Seattle plus six, I'm going to take it. And it just played out well. So for me, it's Seattle plus six, Kenny. And you said Pittsburgh that you like, right? And New England? Yeah, I like the Patriots there. That like That's Sunday night spot. Patriots, home dog under a field goal against the Dolphins, who Tua and Tyreek Hill just went absolutely nuts. I mean... The Patriots, man, like they're, they're they could be a team that just burn you all year long, though, because they that line should not be two and a half, right? Like if watching the games that just played out yesterday, you yeah. would think the Dolphins would be at least over a field goal favorite there, for sure. Yeah, that kind of that's that shocks me. I I found one that kind of shocks me. What the, was yours? The Ravens going into into Cincinnati, they're getting three and a half points. I think the Ravens did not show what their offense was fully capable of. It's weird with that J.K. Dobbins tearing his Achilles. That sucks for him. But Gus Edwards has been the the main back. I mean, he had to be because J.K. Dobbins was hurt, but now he gets to be back in that role. I think you see Lamar Jackson run the ball a lot more. Um, and just right behind Patrick Ricard's fucking tank of a body. Let's go. Full Patrick backs. Ricard looks, he's the biggest football player in the league. And it may not, like, stats may not say so. I say so. That man in pads <laughs> is terrifying. I like it. Not many other shows show love to their fullbacks. So I respect it. It's hard not to, to see him on the field. He takes up half the field. I respect it, man. With those shoulders, dude. 
Kenny, before we let you go, bro, is there uh, anything else you want to mention as far as what you learned from week one or just looking ahead week two? No, I mean, you know why? Because you can you can never overreact one way or the other. Like had yesterday the game's gone great, you can't overreact and think, oh, wow, you know, you're, you're crushing. The season's so early. Um, that's why from a betting standpoint, I, I went pretty light yesterday. Um, especially during the day, I went one and one during like the, the one and 4 PM slate, uh, giants, I went a little heavier on, but I always say like, start out slow because right now, like I, you know, we talked about it last year when, when we were doing the football shows, um, when you're going off of last year's data of how defense is performed against the run or, you know, the pass or whatnot, and you're, you're using those type of, of metrics and analytics, you can really put yourself in a bad situation because the teams are totally different this year. Um, so I, I, I don't really start getting crazy until a couple weeks in and there's more data that has accumulated that you can really factor into your handicapping. I agree with you, man. And one thing I wanted to bring up, piggybacking off what you said, I just want to remind people that last year the 49ers lost week one, the Bengals lost week one, um, who else lost week one that ended up making the playoffs or, or that was good? Lions. You know, Dallas, Dallas lost week one, Detroit made a run. They lost week one. So like this happens, you know, teams lose week one, it happens. And then, you know, like you just start putting together a winning streak and then you forget about it. You know what I mean? So I think, uh, don't panic though. There are a lot of things. Oh, there's that, some teams uh, that you're panicking. Yeah. There are some teams that you're panicking, but Kenny, I appreciate. I, I, I gotta ask you before I hop off. The how, are you you hitting the panic button on the Broncos yet? Oh, that was rough, bro. Yeah, that was rough. <laughs> you thought I was gonna. You thought I wasn't gonna ask you about it the whole show, huh? I had to ask you about the Broncos. <laughs> Man, you know what? Ru Russ is fried. That's uh. That's it. <laughs> I tried telling you, bro. Yeah, he's trash. Yeah, yeah. It's a wrap for him. I think. I think it gotta be. I think. I think Sean Payton knows it too. That's why he called him out in the preseason. He kind of had that thing. He was like, hey, man, stop kissing babies and shit and stop being, you know, like we need you to be yeah. a leader and to be out on the field and whatnot. And look, I fell in love with that number. I think their defense is still really good, man. Like their defense was getting after yesterday. But again, there's a team that they just can't get anything offensively going. And there were some throws that he just missed on or he just like didn't let it go. Where Sean Payton, you would know about this as a Saints fan. Like he had he had some guys open yesterday, man. I had that game on because uh I was out at a bar watching the games, Kenny. And obviously, since the Raiders are the home team here in, in Vegas, they had it up there. So I was keeping an eye on that one. And there were some plays where like guys were just wide open and Russ just either just like stared them down and then threw it, didn't throw it early. Just a lot of weird shit that was happening in Denver. And I think that's something that Sean Payton probably saw, and that's why he called them out in the preseason. So, yeah, that's 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 looking terrible. That that looks like a five-win team at best. For sure. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, that's uh, that's one where I think week one may be uh, indicative of of their season outcome. Yeah. But Kenny, we'll do this again next Monday, bro. Real. Yeah, let the yeah. people know where they could find you on social media. Yeah, Kenny Bets Big, Twitter, Instagram, uh, the whole nine. And uh, obviously right here, Veterans Minimum, giving out winners per usual. Let's get it, man. Kenny, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, we'll talk to you. Good, we'll talk to you next week. Uh, let's do a yeah, Patreon. 5-0 next week. Manifest it. Let's do it. 5-0, and oh, baby. Monday winners, get us started early. Let's uh, go ahead and pull up the Patreon before we move into our next segment. And big ups to the Patreon, man. If I can... 
if I could just take this time real quick just to thank everybody. Um, dude, 20, 28 members in the last two weeks. That's, wh what are you more happy about? Patreon or you being famous now? Because those are two monumental things. You have a lot of people that are following you, but now you hit that viral sensation. Are you too big for the Patreon now? Nah, bro. Never Patreon, that, right? Patreon That's how is, loyal it is. Yeah, yeah. It's day ones, man. It's day ones. Man. 100%, yeah. So patreon.com slash veterans minimum. And I want to give a big shout out to all the new members of the Patreon. We got Tom, Raymond, Louis Wong, Diesel85, another Thomas. Everyone's a Brazilian soccer player. They only go by one name, apparently. But shout out to you. <laughs> Adam, Genova, David, Kawash. Ian Clardy, Nathan Johnson, Alex Harden, Jessica Hughes, Chris Pachinski, Stephen Trenner, Lyndon Chin, Laquan Lawal Jr., CJ Storms, Kevin R., Corey, and Jerry Hernandez. We are up to 78 Patreon members, and I can't thank you guys enough, uh, especially in the last, like, two weeks. Uh, two weeks ago, we were at 51 members, and now we're at 78. Um, it goes a long way, and with the Patreon, we're giving back. So to David Kowash, you are the winner of the Bomber Jacket for the Patreon. Uh, get in touch with me when you listen to this, and we will get you a Bomber Jacket. And uh, also, I'm going to get you one too, man. Since you're Whoa. On the show too. Yeah, yeah. You're not a Patreon member. You can't wear is, Bomber which Jackets is, on the beach. Which is crazy. Maybe you're not shirt. a Patreon member. You know, you can't even give us $5 a month. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I, I instead I just you know grace many, you with my presence. Do you know how many of my friends I've bullied into giving me five dollars a month? Oh, I mean, I'm feeling the pressure right now, <laughs> and I wanted to do it because I know you did the Survivor series, so then I can I could have chose somebody that wasn't the Seahawks in that Survivor pool. My boy, <sighs> my boy X from the gym, we do uh, jujitsu together, and uh, he was listening to the pod, and he like he like tagged the pod. I was like, bro, you know what's crazy? Because he hits me up all the time for, like, bets and whatnot. And I tell him, like, what I bet. I was just like, yo, bro, you know what's crazy? I'm not good enough for $5 a month for you. And then he immediately pledged. And I was like, damn, bro, you didn't need to do that. He's like, yo, you're a bully, son. I was like, listen, man, bullying is dope, bro. It is. Bu it is. Are there not some pros to bullying? Like, yeah. I used to get, dude, when I got up to 250 pounds, my friends bullied me, man. They were like, oh, you're a fat, fat so. Uh, you, not only lot, are you fat, but you worse. smell. A lot you, worse. Hey, man, I didn't smell. Good hygiene. Were, oh, were you a good hygiene fat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, because yeah. we all know. Yeah. We, like, they could be 250, but they smell like they 400. Yeah. Situation. <laughs> <laughs> that shit can get bad. Dude, so I bullied a lot of my friends into pledging to the Patreon. So patreon.com slash veterans minimum, uh, access to the Discord. And just to recap some of the plays that we gave out on the Patreon, uh, I, did, I did post the five picks that we put into the Circa. And then I also put the five picks that I personally bet on my own. Those went three and two. My eliminator pool pick was the Ravens. I'm going to keep track of that. So if you guys want to follow along with that, you know, Ravens, they were, they were obvious, right? It was the Ravens, Washington and Minnesota were like the biggest yeah. bet ones. Like, honestly, bro, the Ravens at halftime were only up one point. And I was like, am I going to have to sweat this one? And then they didn't. They didn't run their full offense yeah yeah they we're, were keeping it light we're gonna we're gonna segue right into that in one second i also mentioned before when kenny was on how sometimes the best bets are the ones you don't make and i just wrote in all caps be careful 
Cardinals or Bucks are going to win this game outright. Just stay away. And to me, those are there are certain bets every week on the slate, bro, where it's like dog or pass. There's no way I'm playing the favorite, and I kept talking about it. Like, mm. there's no way I'm taking Sam Howell in Agreed. his first start at home as a seven-point sold out favorite. Hell no. Just a lot. And everybody was shitting on Josh Dobbs and the Cardinals and the wacky press conferences and interactions that Jonathan Gannon had. And it was just like negative vibes. I was like, there's no way I'm playing that. And mm-hmm. I thought Washington should have lost outright. And then with Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay was just, you know, Baker, man, shout out to oh, you. Oh, believe the hype, yeah. brother. Believe the hype. Yeah. And then we gave out He's some any, real. anytime touchdown scores. We had uh, Tyree Kill, B. John Robinson, Tony Pollard, and then we missed on Odell. And uh, Nick Chubb got tackled inside the five, I think, 120 times because I bet him anytime touchdown. That's why he got tackled. Damn. Inside the five. Jamar Gibbs on Thursday night football. Stop it. I'm watching the game. And I think Stop I it. think my guy Ross in the control no. room was here for it. Did he also put it down? No, no, no. But we were oh. watching it with Kel in the in uh in the lobby. And uh Jamar Gibbs like puts a juke on someone and has like a walk-in touchdown he, and he stumbles. He tripped over his own speed. Yeah, and Kel he was, was like, that fast. Kel was like, Oh man, I can't believe that happened. I was like, No, I could believe that happened because I had him plus one twenty to score a touchdown. That's why it happened. You had him at plus one. I put him at plus one fifty. Yeah. At circa. Yeah. Damn. And, of course, he stumbled. Wide open touchdown. It just falls down. I was like, of course. That's what happens. So, yeah, patreon.com for the last time. Yep. Slash veterans minimum. All right, George. Yes. uh, These are some of my favorite episodes of the year, bro. Because the overreactions, the hot takes, they are hysterical. They are. And uh, they're good to stitch at the end of the season. They're good. And I'm going to let you go first. I have a couple from the fans also that sent in. But uh, I have a couple. I mean, I'll start in the morning slate with Joe Burrow and that horrific performance. 14 for 31 for 82 yards. Just got paid, too. Yeah, no. Right before that. That's the thing that going into this year, I was like, oh, you know what? I think that's that stereotype of, oh, when people get paid, they take their foot off the gas, right? We've all heard this. And I was like, you know what? He's actually going to go out there. He's going to put his best foot forward. He's going to play his ass off, just like how he always has, right? We shouldn't see any noticeable difference, except we did. There was, it was a Joe Burrow that I don't know if he just, he's, he's rushed back from that like calf strain or if he's afraid to throw it short. There was multiple times where I saw Jamar Chase running right in front of his face. And of course it's not the, the 20 yard pass down the field that, can get you back into the game, but good offenses can find some consistency and the Bengals cannot find it. And, uh, you know how many three and outs they had six, you have six, three and outs with that offense. And that guy dude, put Jamar chase at quarterback, run wildcat formation, get a first down. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like you got to get more creative. If Joe Burrow really wasn't a hundred percent, they were saying, uh, the offense coordinator was saying that the, the rain really played a factor. And I was like, okay, I guess, but it, it shouldn't be that you get six, three and outs. That's a piss poor offense. And they go and play Baltimore next week, which is a defense that everyone should be a little bit afraid about. Yeah. You know, and, and Joe Burrow loses another game to Cleveland. Um, this is a worrisome game. 82 yards, bro. And again, like, it's crazy, right? The, the, the two quarterbacks in this game, one just got 
the biggest contract. And of course, over the last like five months, the next guy got the biggest contract. Remember, it's it was, always going to happen. It was yeah. Jalen Hurts, then it was Herbert, then it was uh, Lamar. I I messed up the order, but you get what yeah. I'm saying. Like Joe Burrow was yeah. next, right? But uh, it was Deshaun Watson that kind of set all this shit off. Because he was the one that got that big contract with all that chaos around him. Yep. And then they play each other in this home opener. And like, yo, it kind of looked like two guys that just haven't been in rhythm in a long time. And Watson even, there were a couple of times where people's Jones wide mm -hmm. open, just waiting on it. And as someone who I was watching that game closely because I had the Browns plus two and a half in the contest, my only, my only winner. I'm looking at it, I'm like, dude, let it rip. What, yeah. what the hell? And the amount of times, the amount of times, bro, that I forgot that Amari Cooper's on the Browns is incredible. On every big time, time plays, you see him. Bro, every time I'm talking about the Browns and their offense, I'm like, oh, they got his Nick Chubb. And then I'll have someone be like, yo, they got Amari Cooper. I'm like, holy shit, they do have Amari Cooper. <laughs> I just keep forgetting that he's over there. Is there another player in the league or in any sport that you're just like, yo, I, I keep forgetting that he's on that team? For me, it's Amari Cooper. Oh, let me shit. I there are those type of players. Um oh, Tyler Lockett. That's a good one. Tyler Lockett, you're like, damn, wow, he's still playing. And cause you always hear you or like at least this past season, I heard Jackson Smith and Jigba, you got DK Metcalf, and you're like, then you see a, a, a Tyler Lockett go up for a jump ball in the end zone, you're like, damn, they are stacked, dude. Amari Cooper, though. Definitely is taking a step back. His best days were in Dallas. For sure, but he's still... His a, best days were probably with the Raiders. Nah, he was good with Dallas, bro. Dude, anyone that listens to this show back then knows that I was early to the bandwagon on Amari Cooper means more to the Cowboys than Zeke does. Yep. And when you looked at the numbers between Dak with Amari and then post-Amari, or pre-Amari and then with and then post-Amari, there's a... There's a little bit of a drop, especially yeah. before Amari Cooper got there. And it was just something that stood out to me. And it tied into what we were talking about earlier about how when you're not playing in the preseason, that's what it's going to look like. Yeah. You're going to be off with the timing. But what's crazy about Burrow was that, look, Cleveland got a new DC, Jim Schwartz. I mm -hmm. think he's one of the guys that's an amazing Robin. He just can't be a head coach. Yeah. And there's a lot of guys. I would say, like, Dude, probably two-thirds of the league is probably better. It's the better role. Yeah. It's the better role, especially when you're really good at the X's and O's. There's some people that are just leader of men, the Deion Sanders type that just can can manage. Robert Salah does a good job of it, too. Um, but, yeah, Schwartz is a guy that you want him drawing up the X's and O's, bringing the heat on defense. Yeah. And they dialed it in, dude. They did. No, they did. They were getting after I him, mean, too. Did, did you see Miles Garrett with the, the yeah, it was fine basketball? Dude, I mean. Oh, How scary oh. is that? Yeah, that's a that's a I've been I've been seeing the trend of putting your best edge rusher lined up over the guard or at nose guard. I've been seeing that a lot, even in college football. It's just to to create this havoc of like having to pick them up on a double team and looping people. It's pretty uh intuitive. Oh bro, that one video of uh Aaron Donald on Geno Smith. Did oh. you see that one? They pulled us they did a stunt, so he was lined up over the center and they like looped him all the way around. Mm -hmm. And Geno Smith threw the football like this. He said, oh, my God. He's like, oh, he's coming. Oh, my God. <laughs> he was like, yo, I'm out. So Aaron Donald. But, yo, that you know who started doing that? I don't know. I'm not going to take full credit on them being the ones that did it. But maybe because they were my favorite team and I watched it so much. 
Dude, the Giants are doing that with like Justin Tuck and OCU Manura. They'd line them up over the nose guard. You have to. And then they would do all these stunts and then that birthed the NASCAR package where it's like, yo, let's that just That was put my our... favorite package. Oh, dude, hey, I missed that. I mean, everyone just standing up, just pure chaos yeah, before the snap. Just, well, yo, who are our four best pass rushers? That's what we're doing. And we're rushing four and you're not going to do shit. Oh, the glory days. Oh, the glory days. Can I give you one of my big hot takes? Go ahead. Um, we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Green Bay Packers are going to have close to 50 years of Hall of Fame quarterback play. That's, uh, I've, I've said it before, you give spicy takes. That right there is extremely spicy. I th you don't think the Bears are just horrible? Um, like, could be. Yeah, could be. I think he's but, good. But what's crazy is Watson didn't play yesterday. Yeah. That's his best weapon. And he just looked like a four-year vet. A four-year starter. It is his fourth year, but he looked like a four-year starter. I've played over 60 games. I've been in big moments, and he was just picking them dudes apart, and they were able to do... It did help that Aaron Jones kind of looked like Aaron Jones again. Oh, yeah. He was... And... and full tilt. Dude. And Justin Fields, the big worry that I had with him, and the the momentum and the hype got a little out of control with him. Because, you know, he was being grouped with, like, Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow to be MVP and Trevor Lawrence. And that was a little crazy, like, the how the odds shifted. But the wildest thing for me was that I feel like Justin Fields, until pro proven otherwise, is going to have a lot of dead stats. And what I mean by that, it's like, you look at the box score. If, if you were out with your lady and you didn't watch the game and you just look at the box score of Justin Fields' games, you're like, oh, he had a good game. But a lot of it is, like, when he's down 21. Yeah. Like Blake Bortles. Remember Blake Bortles a couple of years ago was like yes. the fantasy god. He was mm -hmm. like the third best quarterback in fantasy. But it's like every game that they were playing, they were losing, and they were down 25, 28 in the fourth quarter. People don't account for it. The defense is playoff. He, you know, there's way more holes open. They're willing to give up all those yards. You, so you're 100% right. Um, they just – it just seems like Chicago has no, like, real identity. They haven't. Like, usually your identity is either set by your best player or your coach. Matt Everflus, it just feels like just a non-factor, bro. He, he has no swagger. You don't even hear bad things about him. Like, he, might, he may be, like, that much disconnected from the whole situation that he's going to fade out into the sunset without anybody ever noticing. 
they're going to get a better coach and they're, you're going to see an immediate noticeable improvement because it's still a young team. Like Justin Fields needs a lot of help game management wise. Uh, they struggled, but what you're saying though about green Bay having like, you know, the next, do you think he'll be Favre level or Aaron Rodgers level? I mean, that's crazy expectations. And based on my take, we kind of have to justify that and explain a little more. But to me, the way I define a franchise quarterback is I think Green Bay is just going to be fine and productive and a contender with him at quarterback. And they're not going to be spending one and two and third round picks on him. And I've always felt like that's what a franchise quarterback to me is. Do you want him to win a Super Bowl? Yeah, of course. Do you want him to win MVPs? Yeah, definitely. No shit. But it's hard to do that. So if I know that I just have stability at a position that literally alters franchises and legacies and births new fans, yeah, give me a guy that I know that he'll be there for a decade. And if I could win with him, great. But if I know that I don't need to address that position, that's, that's just as good, bro. Do you know who the backup quarterback for the Green Bay Packers is? I have no idea. Sean Clifford. He was the Penn State quarterback. Uh, Shout out Penn State. For like, I think he was like a six-year senior type of guy. Uh, I think I think Sean Clifford seems like the the guy, you know? Jordan Love is just a placeholder for Sean Clifford. Yeah, all right, bro. Let's not get crazy. Oh, I no, told no, you no, Jordan go- Love was dope because he wore number 10. You guys don't listen to the number 10 handicap. That's a real thing. And you know number what Number 10 is- looks good on him because he's tall. Like, hey, man. Like, it, number 10 does not look as good on Tyreek Hill, like, as compared to. Uh, dude. Number 10 you read my differently. Notes? Did you read No, my notes? did you really say that? Because like that's. No, nah, not, not the number 10 oh, thing, but like, that's, that's, that's what I wanted to. That was going to be one of my other hot takes, too. Uh, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to combine I mean, a couple of things. And I'm probably going to get heat for this, too, because the team ended up winning the Super Bowl last year in Kansas City. Yeah. I think Kansas City might have made a mistake letting him go, bro. He was the better of out of Travis Kelsey and him. And Chris Jones. No, no. I don't think he was the better. And I get the salary cap issues, and that's ultimately why they let him go. But, dude, he was productive last year with, like, Skylar Thompson also. Yeah, it's not hard. You just legitimately have to find a way to get him the ball. He can catch. He's an excellent uh, slot receiver. Bro, he gets he makes so wide open. It's ridiculous. Absolute charger killer, by the way. He has now 12 career touchdowns in 13 career games against the LA Chargers. That's wow. why yesterday I saw a plus number on him anytime, and I took it. And I was getting a little frustrated because dude had over 200 yards. I was like, he hasn't scored yet. And then he ended up scoring a touchdown. But, bro, it's wild because, like, the Chargers have a really fast defense also. They're, they're a lot more finesse than they are tough. Yeah. Kind of fits the LA swag too. Like I've always felt like LA teams are just kind of soft. They are. You know? No, you're not wrong with Miami that. Miami teams the are just kind of tough... soft, but I also think it has to do with like the climate, dude. Like it has just, to do with the uniform it's, color. It's the vibe. Wow. That's a it has one. to do with hundred percent with the uniform color. Like I can't think Tua Tunga Valua uh is gonna is a tough player. He just isn't. Bro, he Tua, is tough. Tua looked tougher in Bama colors than he does with his teal BS that the Dolphins playing. Yo, listen, I'm not going to have you slander the current uh, NFL MVP right now in my eyes. Stop. And also, also. Consistency. A a uh, practitioner of the beautiful martial art that is Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu helped him improve his falling. 
what is he up to a blue belt now no nah, i don't think so he only trained it for four months in the off season i don't know how again i i don't take to a, a a fucking starting quarterback in the nfl as someone that's doing three a days but i think it does help you on a, in a serious note because i had some people hit me up and be like yo did this jujitsu shit is it is it legit with Tua?" it's like yeah bro you learn how to like properly fall and if you think about the quarterback position you don't get hit ever and when you do get hit, you're getting smoked because yeah. dudes are coming at you at 150 miles per hour. So for him to be able to just brace himself, and if you go back and you look at the hits that he took, it's the falls that led to him getting concussed yeah. as opposed to the hits. And it's him just... The wet know, noodle. He would look yeah, like a not, wet noodle. You got to keep your chin tucked down and you use your hands to, like, prevent the fall. Yeah. And... That's what jujitsu was teaching him, and that's why I think, look, it is one game. He looked amazing, but to go back to what I said about the Miami Dolphins in the preseason episode that we did, which, by the way, amazing numbers. Thank you all for sharing that and listening to that. I said that Miami is the most volatile team in the entire NFL because if he stays healthy, they could win 13 games. If he gets hurt, they'll win four, and there's no other team that I think has that much unknown with that one player. Because the upside with them is crazy. And he looked incredible yesterday. And they're just so fast, bro. Yeah. The whole team is speed. No, it's it's so tough. Like, people underestimate how hard it is to tackle people in the open speed or in the in the open field. And like Tyreek Hill can be in a phone booth and he's impossible to tackle, let alone with legitimately 50 yards of the field to move around. Um Tua doesn't have that hard of a job. On that opening drive, there was nothing more like uh, definitive, like it, or help me understand that the Dolphins are for real when they go Tyree Kill on a slant route gets twenty yards, then Jalen Waddle on a drag route gets another twenty yards. I was like, oh, this is gonna be all year, you know. Like they're a team that can fit into the category of, and I think there's three to four teams that f fall into this category when it's third and seventeen, third and twenty. And you're like, there's no shot. Like, we got them. You know, this our defense is going to rally. It's like the Chiefs, the Dolphins, and the and the Bills. I would put in this category of third and twenty is well in their range of being able to pick it up. And it's tough. You need those athletes on the outside to do it. Maybe uh, the Vikings too with Justin Jefferson. Dude, I was going to stay in that same game because I think the Chargers once again chargered it up. I, they, bro, it's unbelievable. They keep losing games the same exact way for like decades, bro. Yeah. For decades, they're losing games the same way. And there are, there are stretches in the season that you'll see the Chargers offense and you'll be like, holy shit, no one can stop them. Mm -hmm. And then when they need to, they couldn't go and get a field goal. They couldn't pick up a first down where they had over 400 yards of, Offense. Yeah, I know I have to see. I have to see how they finish that game of, off. A uh, lot of big plays. And they're a big play offense. But man, there's just something about it. And I don't know how much you could put on Staley. Like Justin Herbert gotta get take some of the blame. And I know he's the golden boy over there, and rightfully so. But yeah, man, it's just so frustrating because they got so much talent. And bro, by the way, Chargers fans, what the fuck was that? Oh, they always get dominated in the... Dude, it was loud-ish. I was like, Justin Herbert is struggling to call any plays right now. Anytime you see a quarterback at home do this... 
it's not a good sign. You're like, what is happening, bro? I'd rather take the Chargers. I'd rather take the Chargers on the road. That's why last year, if they would have got by Jacksonville, and I was talking to some dudes that covered the Kansas City Chiefs, they were nervous to play the Chargers on the road. Because Herbert and Mahomes, I think every game they played has been within one score. It's always a shootout. Herbert goes toe-to-toe with him. But it seems like they would prefer to go on the road than to play at home. Because at least on the road, they're, they're expected to be booed. Yeah. And to be in a hostile territory. Bro, they were showing those teal jerseys everywhere in LA. Yep. And Miami's a pretty big fan base. I think it's like a top five to seven fan base that's, as far as that's the they have a lot of young superstars on their team, and that's what that does. Like Tyreek Hill's presence on social media wins over the hearts of people in Los Angeles, wins over the hearts of people across the country. Like it would if you were to have asked me you know, five to six years ago, like, hey, do you have a know a couple of Dolphins fans in your life? I'd be like, ha, like, no, bro. I mean, beyond us just living on the West Coast, like, you just couldn't find them. And now I think it's way different. Like, I know multiple people that are riding with the Dolphins, and that's, uh, I think it's got to do with them getting Tyree Kill. Like, Tyree Kill is that big of a superstar. Nah, he definitely is. He definitely, he, he, he's unbelievable, man. He's unbelievable. He's got the rings to prove. I mean, like, he's in rarefied air. Like, if he continued, he's got a couple more seasons like this. I mean, he. I would say he's already pretty close to being a first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, But I think he's two seasons away from possibly being in the greatest of all time. What do you got? Well, I oh, have your well, notes, so I'm cheating a little bit. But you have another wide receiver you want to show some love to. Oh, yeah, 100%. So, with my Saints that struggled to find the end zone. Oh, it was it was tough to watch Derek Carr on the run. I and I Nick, you actually play quarterback, so I don't know if you I watched was, I was a stud quarterback. Silk could you sling. Were, you're really good at quarterback. So we can we can play uh, you know, couch couch quarterback coaches here. When I watch Derek Carr, don't you just want to tell him like, hey, sit sit in the pocket, Derek Carr. You're moving around too much. He was floating. He does this thing. Um, and I don't see any other quarterback do this where once he drops down, drops back in the pocket, he feels the pressure instead of like, you know, shuffling up in the pocket. He likes sprints and throws the ball on a sprint. Yeah. yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. He, he, I think that comes from having PTSD of playing behind bad offensive lines. Yep. And yep. that's why you always sprint out to your throwing hand side. Like quarterbacks will always sprint out to the right. and He's doing it too much. Yeah. No, and, you're right. I could, I remember a couple of plays yesterday where he just, he had guys open in the end zone and he would roll out sprint and try to throw and he would miss them. And he looks not athletic. Like, like there are some people that can throw on the run and I'm like, damn, man, he looks like he's a shortstop. Smooth, yeah. He looks like a shortstop picking up like a, you know, making a, a play at first base and stuff. It's just, he doesn't have it. I wish you know, he opens up my like Instagram DM to him. I just sent him Drew Brees highlights and I want him just to on repeat. Look at the way Drew dunk down, boom, step up into the pocket. Let's not run around. Okay. Find a home in the pocket and we can make Michael Thomas the best receiver in the league. He was back. He was electric. Seeing him come across the middle, catching these in routes reminded me of the glory days with Drew Brees. However, he is not wide receiver one right now. Chris Olave got more targets, 
the offense seemed more centered around him for like the wide receiver screens. Um, cause Olave is faster in that regard, but give it like two more weeks. You know, he just had uh, Derek Carr had an entire season thrown to Devonte Adams. Now he's going to find that same connection with a dude that I think is his doppelganger. Michael Thomas is identical to Devonte Adams from route running to them being like that medium to deep threat. They're not necessarily who you're going to across the middle underneath, but they're, they're your people that are going to open up things downfield. I think Michael Thomas uh, is going to do that. He's going to be a wide receiver one soon. I'm not that worried. I don't know if you watch the Saints game and you're like, damn, this looks like a team that they're struggling. No, I think they they forced a lot of bad throws out of Tannehill who had multiple turnovers. Our defensive they, line's good. They put a lot of pressure on him. I think that was kind of... Dude, the way Derek Carr reacted to the win, there was a lot of pressure on him, bro. Yeah. First time he's playing in a new place with a new team, with new guys, in a relatively big spot, making your debut. You're at home. Tennessee has a really good defense. They also got Mike Vrabel, pound for pound, best coach in the AFC, in my opinion. And it was just a big spot. And how emotional he got, you know. He, it's he, the biggest spot of his career. He played at Fresno, Fresno State. Ah, look, okay? he played a couple no, of playoff games with the Raiders. But I'm saying just. But even then, no, that's. For the conversation about how it ended with Vegas. And then him going over there, fresh start. You saw the emotion out of him. And I think that's what it was. I think they're going to be fine. I am still worried about Dennis Allen as the head coach. I wish they would have had a better head coach. But again, there's. We'll see how much of that is going to play into it when it comes to making decisions and clock management and all that stuff because he's had his issues in the past. But yeah. I think Derek Carr is, they're going to be fine. Look, they're going to add Camaro also. And then you're looking at a three-headed monster of Camara, Thomas, and Olave. Now Thomas is no longer your number one option. Yeah, You got Olave. You also got two receivers, which this is my favorite thing about building an NFL team. I love what Philly did. You have a speedster in Devonte smith yep. and then you got your guy underneath the big body who's he's yeah. also fast too like yeah. aj brown is not it's, slow yes but it's i hate having receivers that do the same things like remember the one year the giants signed golden tate they had sterling Shepard, <laughs> they had evan ingram and then you're looking at all the all the analytic charts and it's saying how all of these guys run their best routes out of the slot and they just had nine different slot receivers <laughs> Why are you building a team like that? Where now Michael Thomas, I agree with you, man. And that was one of the reasons why I was big on the Saints. But I think the Saints, as I was watching that game, because it was on the monitor, because uh, the guy I was watching it with, he actually took the Titans plus three and a half in his contest. They ended mm -hmm. up covering. But when we were watching that, they are going to be a team. And one of the reasons why I bet them to have the best record in the league, they're going to be a team that, they'll get to 12, 13 wins because of how bad the schedule is, not because they're elite. Yeah. So they'll be awfully reminiscent of how Tennessee was a couple of years ago where worst one seed of all time, and they were an underdog at home. So that's how I feel about the Saints. But our was, defense is – The defense is good. Our defense is going to be really good. The defense I mean, is good. beyond Ryan Tannehill just not having a good day, our defense aligned held Derrick Henry to only, shit, less than 100 yards? It was pretty close. He, Derrick, Derrick Henry got 63 yards. Derrick Henry actually got out-snapped for the first time in his Titans career in a game in which he played the whole time. Wow. So I don't know if that was two-minute warning stuff or two-minute drills, I should say, and the game scenario. I don't know. But that was 
that was a little alarming for a guy who's pushing close to 30 now. And when a running back gets to 30, it's like, holy shit, get this guy out the league kind of. But that that game was that game was dope. If you like defenses, I thought both defenses played well, and I I think those two teams are going to be contenders as far as in their divisions. And you know the Do South you, uh, isn't saying much. Are you a person that thinks that Taysom Hill is one of the greatest football players of all time? Nah, man, I'm not that. I don't think he's that crazy. I think his versatility is dope, and he adds a certain dimension. But when Derek Carr was throwing a fade route to him in the end zone, I'm like, all right, what are we doing? Like let's let's get this guy to do some jet sweeps, agreed, or, or some wildcat shit. But if we're running fades on second down to him, that's a problem. So let's not do that, Saints. Please, we're all the thirty-five uh, to one. Yeah, yeah. No, I just I have to toss it out there. I saw people fighting about it on a tweet, and there's like he's he's very average at a whole bunch of positions. But doesn't that make you great? Like if you if you're a jack of all trades, sure, sure, it makes you. It makes you good. I don't think great. I think great, you need to be amazing at one particular thing. He's really good at blocking punts. Awesome, bro. You're a special teamer. I could get first ballot Hall of Famer? No, no, no. Come on, come on. Let's not, let's not get out of hand. Let's All right. Out of hand. I All have right. another good one for you. Uh, Calvin Ridley. Oh, yes. Calvin Ridley is the missing piece for the Jaguars to be a Super Bowl contender. That receiving core for the Jags is deadly. And, dude. Deadly. They have a legit number one caught career high in the first half passes. Um, I mean, he looked looked good. And always remember, Calvin Ridley, you're one of us. Yes. You are one of us, baby. So you'll always have a special place here at Veterans Minimum. But on a serious note, man, him and Trevor Lawrence, they connected often. They looked good. And people forgot just how good Calvin Ridley was because he sat out for a whole year because of the sports betting suspension. Yeah. And I think the comparison that I made was A.J. Brown to Calvin Ridley, where the impact that those two guys are going to have on the franchise quarterbacks and then how it's going to elevate everyone else on the team, Mm -hmm. it's going to be the biggest acquisition of the offseason. Even though they acquired him last year, Yeah, the fact that he's back, I think he's the biggest biggest acquisition. I mean, I just think he has so many other weapons around him. Like the the Jaguars seem like a just horrible nightmare for a, a defensive coordinator to try to figure out. They're all so tall, bro. Like you got Zay Jones, Evan Ingram, Christian Kirk, Calvin Ridley. Like they're all way taller than all these cornerbacks. And I mean, to to keep it on Calvin Ridley, doesn't he give you like the vibes of uh jamar chase a little bit in the sense of when he was about to pop off like when jamar chase popped off in the nfl all we had was that the highlights of him dominating at lsu i didn't really see that many highlights of calvin ridley for the falcons so like my head goes straight to alabama and seeing him dominate sec football now getting him to see to to see him in a jaguars uniform it kind of fits his vibe i feel like Atlanta is where rookies go to die. And, you know, like Bijan, I don't think it's going to pan out the way people think. But once Bijan leaves, I think he's going to he's gonna pan out. Same with uh, Calvin Ridley. He looked he looked amazing yesterday, Bijan Robinson. Yeah. Even though Algier, like, played really well also. They kind of have a they, two-headed monster. They were protecting Desmond Ritter, too. I think they didn't want him to do too much. Like, Drake London at zero. Mm. T Higgins had zero. 
Yeah, that was my second round pick, T. Higgins. Kind of laid a massive egg. A uh, third round pick. I don't think it was that crazy. But I agree with you, man. Look, I think the Jaguars are gonna be really fun with this addition of Calvin Ridley. And and Trevor Lawrence, it was dope what he told Anthony Richardson. He's like, hey man, gotta learn to protect yourself. Yeah. These hits add up. And that was cool because Richardson got a little banged up. But he, yeah, in a goal he, line play. Yeah, he had a, a pretty good debut yesterday, too. All three rookie quarterbacks lost. The trend continues of rookie starting quarterbacks now, I believe, are 1-20 against the spread in the last 21 times <clears throat> Was uh, that's been presented. Brock Purdy, the, the one? <clears throat> uh, no, no, no. So week one starters. Oh, week one. Week one specifically. Week one specifically, Not yeah. just on, on rookie <clears throat> starts. Uh, speaking of Brock Purdy, can I give you one of my takes? Yeah. As we start to wind down this show. And Stronger shout out to everyone. Elbow. Shout Stronger out to everyone elbow. that is watching on YouTube or tuned in. We peaked at 23 viewers live for the first time doing the stream, despite the technical difficulties. Uh, shout out to you. And moving forward, this show is going to be live always on YouTube. YouTube.com slash Veterans Minimum. Uh, one of my takes. I don't need to see anything else in the NFC. I am ready to put San Francisco in the Super Bowl. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Their offense, I said it last year when McCaffrey got there, their offense is the most unique and deadly offense I think I've ever seen in my life from a versatility standpoint. Mm -hmm. Bro, Debo didn't even do anything. Ayuk went crazy. They have Kittle. <clears throat> they have McCaffrey in the backfield. They could split them out wide. They got Debo out wide. They could split them in the backfield. You got Elijah Mitchell that you're confident in giving him 20 touches if you need to. They just need to stay healthy, which is the biggest concern, obviously. And, I mean, McCaffrey looked amazing, bro. Yeah. McCaffrey on the long run. McCaffrey just, it's, I didn't like at one point the when they were up 28 points. Like, why are you still running McCaffrey? Like, you know this guy is fragile. Yeah. You know how dynamic he makes your offense. You know, when McCaffrey got there last year, they lost the first game against the Chiefs. And then they banged out, I think it was 11 in a row. But in that first game, he still had, like, two 40-yard rushes. Yeah. He and had you're a, like, damn. I mean, yeah, didn't take him long to figure out that offense at all. He got traded Friday, Saturday. He arrived in San Francisco and he was getting carries against the Chiefs. So he's he's vicious. But bro, San Francisco, it's you know who's my favorite player to watch now in the NFL? Who? Warner. Fred Warner <clears throat> is holy shit. He flies, dude. He made some tackles that was like, bro. Did did they tell you the play before it happened? <laughs> yeah. One hand, stiff arm, a 325-pound guard tackling Najee Harris eight yards in the backfield. Just everywhere, dude. Everywhere. Mm -hmm. I, dude, I picked him up on with my the long hair to, to Funga. Yo, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. That guy, too. Troy Palomalu, 2.0. Their defense, although they lost their, their coordinator, they that defense last year, regardless, D'Amico Ryans, I think, said it, too. He was like, we didn't run too many plays. Like, there was no need. Because when you have 11 dudes that are flying to the football and they control the, the, the defensive line so well, like is, uh, so Trent Williams is to me, one of the most underrated studs on the team. And I know we listed so many right there, but in order to run the type of offense that the 49ers do that long stretch you out, pound it down your throat, that type of offense. It's all due to a left tackle that can clear up space and, and protect Brock Purdy. I mean, uh, did you see how strong Brock's new elbow was when he was on top of the ball and he had the ball behind him? 
Oh, yeah. After TJ Watt had a field day. Oh, dude, he had such a good game. Do you think Mike Tomlin has had multiple conversations with him with TJ Watt saying, like, dude, I'm so sorry. <laughs> like, I apologize. Well, the same way JJ Watt said it to Deshaun Watson walking oh, off yeah, the field. Yeah. Do you think it's like Mike Tomlin and TJ Watt in the parking lot? Like, after TJ Watt just finishes pushing a sled for two hours, because he's a superhero, he's like, you know what? I'm so sorry, man. Dude, think about how much worse that game would have been if TJ Watt wasn't out there. Oh, my God. That's why I say he's the most valuable defensive player in the NFL from a point spread standpoint. At least two more touchdowns. It, it, he was just causing mayhem. Causing mayhem. And it, Pittsburgh came out super flat, man. And and Kenny Pickett, I'm going to give him a pass only because it happened against the Niners. Yeah. If this happened against the Chicago Bears, I'd be like, damn, bro, all that preseason hype. I don't know <laughs> about that. Yeah. But you quickly realize Kenny Pickett and these young quarterbacks or even us, like this is something where we're continuing to evolve and to learn more about the game. Who are you lighting up in the preseason? Right? Yeah. Who are you doing this against? <clears throat> now you got the best defense in the league coming into town. Yeah. Unanimous top three defense. And you start to realize, hey, this is different. Nick Bosa's coming off the edge. This Warner. is... Yeah, it's not it's not the same. Guys aren't 30 yards wide open. This is a little different. And I just think that the Steelers, from the first snap, Warner made that play on Najee Harris. I, I, I highlighted it on purpose so I don't forget it. They just got rattled. Yep. They got rattled. And it was the same. Dude, we haven't even mentioned the New York Giants yet, even though the boy is going viral for shitting on his own team. So listen, you can iconic can't, take. Iconic take, bro. I saw I saw Saquon walk in with that Danny Zuko grease lightning jacket. I was like, they're losing by 40. And they <laughs> lost by 40. And uh shout out to everyone that retweeted it. Yeah. Got over close to 10 million views. That's why the boy doesn't know how to act today. I'm a little out of pocket. Damn. Going man. crazy. Yeah. But the moment I had to work last night, I came in for Cameron and Mesa's show. And I'm watching the game on my couch. The Giants are driving in the first drive. Looking good. They're moving the ball. Daniel Jones ain't getting rattled. All right, you settle for a field goal. Fine. The field goal gets blocked. They house it. I left. <laughs> I left. I just Statistically, know, it was over. Dude, I just know this team. <clears throat> I've known them for my whole life. I follow them greatly. And I just know their makeup. Mm -hmm. There's no team that I follow that the moment one thing goes sideways, catastrophe and that's what happened yesterday i left and then that's, when i when i got to the win i look up it's 26 nothing and i was happy because like tony tony pollard scored the touchdown and i bet him to have a touchdown yesterday but it's just <clears throat> immediately like shit just spiraled out of control the game was over in the first quarter same thing happened in pittsburgh what happened in, at metlife yesterday and there's some times where that happens like it just continues to go south for you and Look, do I think the Giants are that bad? No, I don't think the Giants are that bad. Do I think Dallas is that good? No, I don't think Dallas is that good either. Their Dallas corners, is the luckiest team. When when things go right for the Cowboys, do things go right for the Cowboys? Yeah. I mean, dude, there was, a, I mean, a, uh, who was it? Kenny at the beginning of the show listed off everything that happened. And that hasn't happened to a, a, any NFL team ever <laughs> in an entire season. It happened yeah. to you guys all in one night. I mean, it looked... If you guys could have quit, you guys should have quit. Like, like Brian did. I think the city of New York would have respected you guys. 
because it just wasn't your night. The rain was falling. People couldn't hold on to the balls. You should, in the NFL, be able to wave a white flag. Like, no shame. Yeah. Ten points get added, though, to the other team. So just in case it, it causes any issues with the over-unders. Uh, and look, the Giants' first drive, they get it down to the Cowboys' eight-yard line. Then they get a false start. They move it to the 13. A botch snap turned it into a reverse to the 27. And then the Cowboys blocked the field goal. And then it was a wrap. So it's like they got down to the eight-yard line against his defense. And then from there, you couldn't find anything positive the entire time. And, like, just, you know, Saquon gets a ball hit in his hands. He gets level, pops up, pick six. And you're like, dude, it's just everything oh, is yeah. going That wrong. That play to me was the one where I was like, oh, my God. Like, Nick, why did you just... tweet that they would lose by 40, bro? You could have said 25, and then the gods would have made it, you know, a little more respectable. But no, no, you're famous now, and I'm just glad you were able to to make time for your own show today. <laughs> and ESPN wasn't calling you and saying, "Oh, hey, you know, we want you on." Dude. Make another prediction, Mister Man. Make another prediction. Make another prediction. <laughs> uh, let's wrap up with one more hot take each. Okay, Baker... actually, no, I just lied to you. Sorry, but you could you could go ahead. We'll wrap up with something else. But okay, good. Baker Mayfield believed the hype. He won his teammates over by running over. The Vikings cornerback, I don't know who it was, but it was on the sideline, on the Buccaneers sideline, on a third and three. You saw Baker Mayfield roll out and plant his shoulder right into the middle of a DB, get the first down. And Nick, when I tell you, everybody on the Buccaneers sideline, even the the defense alignment that were sitting down, they stood up and they got like hype for Baker. That goes to show you what type of guy he is. When you win a team over that made the playoffs last year, I think the Buccaneers were upset with Tom Brady last year. I don't think Todd Bowles and him had a good relationship. I think Todd Bowles has more of a personality like Baker Mayfield. The connection's a lot better. The Buccaneers are going to make the playoffs this year. Hey, man, look, if you think about it, every year six or more teams missed the playoffs that made the playoffs the year before. We dumped on the NFC, even though the NFC, I think, has the three best teams in the league. Like, who else would you put in the AFC as, like, a top contender? Miami, question marks with Tua. Yep. Cincinnati lost. Chiefs lost. Uh, Chargers lost. We haven't seen the Jets or the Bills yet, <clears throat> but it's crazy. It's just crazy to think of that the NFC could be a lot better. And then, look, man, I think they'll be, for Baker, this is a is a good spot for him because there's a lot of talent on that team. Yeah. Like, they do have a lot of talent on that team, and their defense played really, really well. That defense, people forget Levante David. Yeah. Like, is one of the most consistent linebackers. He's a Fred Warner type, dude. He is. He's just everywhere. He is. They they just have a lot of, like, good-ass dudes, man. And I, I think that they're going to be a player for sure. I don't want to get too... Excited, but good for Baker, though, man. He deserves it. Look, he's a guy that played in the playoffs. Next week, next week, they got the Bears Ooh. in Tampa. I like that. I think we're starting 2-0. I like that. Okay, let me read some uh, takes from some people. Uh, yes. Some of, them, some of them came in before, like we talked about them before. If Tua puts 5,000 yards or Tyreek breaks 2,000 yards, which would be in the MVP combo if you had to pick? Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill. Because for him to get 2,000 yards, I, I also don't think, like, Tua's won over the hearts of 
the the world. Well, yo, like like five thousand for Tua, it would make sense. We would be happy. We, we wouldn't be like MVP caliber. The thing about Tua that needs to be factored into this also is a contract year for him, bro. Mm. You know how I feel about dudes going into contract years. And think about it. Prove. All his peers got paid. Mm-hmm. Burrow, Herbert, Lamar, Allen, um, Goff. Jalen Hurts. Like everyone that he's grouped with within a year or two of being in the league or, or after him, they all have gotten paid except for him. So the combination of the offseason stuff that he did to prevent himself from getting those concussions when he falls with the jujitsu to the weapons that he has, to the wizard that Mike Daniel is. He's so swaggy. And then you have the weapons, like I said, if he can stay healthy and it's a contract year, dude's going to want to make 200 M's. So that's something to keep an eye on, man. Like, definitely. Look, his he became the third favorite to win MVP after one game. He was 30 to 1. Now he's plus 650. So it was a massive, massive leap. The last time we saw something like this, Lamar Jackson in 2018 i would buy stock on lamar now excuse me before next week when he he gets 10 carries and has like three highlight plays and everyone flips it on him no show thomas says cowboys offense will hurt them from winning another playoff game i kind of agree even though you know what to be fair we didn't really need them to do anything you know it was weird for me seeing the cowboys they had two fast running backs yeah right i was like i was like tony pollard came out i was like oh let me see this other guy and i was like oh shit he, yeah he's just fast. i feel i feel you know every backup running back for in the cowboys history should just be named tony pollard you know that's a, that's the juice yeah like you know whatever the backup's name is his new name is now tony pollard and now tony pollard can work his way into what emmett smith you think he fits that category maybe I- I don't know about all that, but Tony, Tony's another guy who he got franchise tagged and he's going to want to get paid too. Yeah. And we know what the running back market is. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. But George, I want to wrap up the show with one more read from fly me out. What is fly me out? They scout and curate trips to some of the world's most exciting locations. Those who join only need to purchase their slot. They take care of everything else from logistics to activities. It's a phenomenal way to meet and network with top achievers and innovators from various industries. Listeners of the show, if you ever feel the urge to break away and discover the mind, the mind and the world of other like-minded people, let me introduce you to Fly Me Out, the premier social travel club. Imagine if LinkedIn, Airbnb, and Raya had a travel-loving baby. Whether you're looking to network with professionals on a beach or bond with creatives in the heart of a city, Fly Me Out has got you covered. Use the code VM1 for expedited application review. Dive into curated experiences, and with their platform, it's never been easier for you to find your tribe and see the globe. Don't make memories. Sorry, don't just travel. Make memories with Fly Me Out. Use the code VM1 for expedited application review. Uh, George, let's end the show with this. Let's do it. What's your dream place to go visit? My dream place to go visit at this moment in time? Because I've been to a lot of cool places, man. I think I want to see Moscow, Russia. Like, yeah, I know that probably took you took you by surprise there. But, yeah. 
I want to see I want to see uh like those big striped swirly buildings come to a point. I want to drink vodka in Russia. <laughs> I want to go to Russia before it's like it's too late, you know? Yeah, like yeah, yeah, like yeah. When you go to Russia like I'm not going to be able to come back. Right, 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 right. Damn. Mine yeah, was Colombia. Mine was Colombia. My number one. All right, new new <clears throat> place you want to go to that you haven't been. Uh Tokyo. Good one. Yeah. Good one. Travis just went to Japan. Uh, friend of mine. Yeah. Let us know where you guys want to go travel to. And uh, check out Fly Me Out while you're at it. I'll make DM it easy. one with the application. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for tuning in. If you're watching this on YouTube, um, for the YouTube audience, I've already bet the New York Jets plus two. <clears throat> and I have a Dawson Knox anytime touchdown plus 330. Oh, so like moving that. forward every Monday, You'll be getting a Monday night football preview to end the show that won't be on the podcast. I'm leaving this in the podcast now for you guys to make note of it. But moving forward, we'll be breaking down the Monday night football game at the end of every show. We won't do it for this one because I kind of didn't prepare you for it. But just moving forward, we'll be doing that. So next week will be fun because we'll be previewing two games. Nice. And I think one of them will be on as we're recording. So that'll be pretty fun. Lit. So at Veterans Minimum, which you can find all things for the show. Big ups to the members of the Patreon, like I mentioned before, patreon.com slash Veterans Minimum. The show will be live on YouTube every Monday and Wednesday at 2.30 Pacific time, 5.30 Eastern time. And if you're in any other time zone, you got to go look that up for yourself because I'm not really familiar. <laughs> but with that said, at Nick Day is 10 as you can find me. George, the floor is yours. Where at Mr. George Carmona is where you can find <clears throat> my personal stuff, doing a lot of stuff at Podcast uh, Junkies Network and at Sticky Paws Studios. Uh, I'm on a lot of sports shows. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful to be here with you, brother man. Every Monday, you'll be seeing my face here, recapping, giving hot takes from week one. If you can, follow at Gridiron Junkies. I do a show with my fiance Sunday nights after all the games. We go in there and uh, we get nasty with the takes. Me and her, one studio, you know, that's that's what the people want. The people want a hot blonde next to the, the hairy Cuban guy. I think that's what they want. I like it. If they don't want it, like, they have to want it now. That's all they're getting. Yeah. Yeah. Make them. Yeah. Ric Flair once said, whether you like it or don't like it, learn to love it. <laughs> Ooh. And with that, we'll catch you That's guys a good one. next time. I'm a gold medalist, bronze like your medalist. So many deer in headlights, but it's bedtime. Hear that supper bell, main course, beat a venison. Zab. The most dangerous game. Either kill or be killed. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.